Um, have you heard of? It might be Aristotle. I think it's Plato. Plato's cave. Yes, hot- with the shadows yes. on the wall. Yes, mm. oh, you believe exactly. Like if that's all that you ever see, then yes, of course that's what you're going to believe, and you have to step outside the cave, and then you find the truth, which was that you're yeah. being fed lies. Slash, you can then make your own understanding yeah. of the world. Yeah, so mm. the guy the, the guy goes out of the cave and then comes back and tells everyone how wonderful it is and how amazing it is, and they're like, "You're crazy! You're a crazy man!" And so that's what they were talking about on the on the podcast I was listening to, and I feel like they also missed another layer, um, which is the idea that the inside the cave was so simple that when the guy came back, they didn't even they couldn't even communicate in the same way. They, they the words they were using, the mm. things that they sort of learned about, they were like saying oh well, what about this and they're like what are you saying i don't understand i'm all i'm seeing is shadows and hearing words that i don't know i don't know what you're on about mm. you must be mad so like no matter how much they try to explain yes they thought they were crazy but it was this barrier this language barrier this core bit of understanding that they just weren't getting and i think that was to me yeah. like, the most poignant thing because it's it's that idea that if you can crack that code if you can sort of say well hold on what bit aren't you getting which bit understanding, aren't you understanding here? explaining it on their terms right yes yeah yeah exactly explaining it in a language they know and using that to draw them to see more of the world and to gain more understanding but not in a way that belittles them or demeans them because that yeah is the biggest trick right it's like yeah yeah absolutely if you, if you attack someone and just say you're wrong then they're going to mm. take it personally no matter how much facts and logic and arguments you bring with you yeah the uh, on on the podcast they suggested that you know one way of helping this conversation go is by explaining Plato's cave to them and I and mm. I have I take umbrage with that because I feel like it would be very condescending to sort of be like hey look yeah. you're in a cave you're the you guy know? in the cave <laughs> do you not understand <laughs> that you're the guy in the cave in this situation um, but like when I talk to my dad a lot I my dad's obviously of an older generation and I feel like. I, I've i had to learn to sort of understand that he's just not on the same wavelength. And then like tr- whenever we have mm. conversations, like we had conversations about 3D printers the other day and I had to really make sure Yeah, I, I could see him glazing over at like yeah. some of the things that we were talking about. And I had to make sure that I sort of just broke it down into really simple constructs and sort of like and he works in he he's always worked in construction and building so we, i was able to sort of mm. relate it to building 3d houses and things that they're doing now and sort of parts and, and, and yeah. mechanical stuff which obviously was much more on his level and sort of mm. he understood the purpose of it a lot more so um it was a really it's knowing yeah. your audience isn't it it's knowing yeah. who you're talking yeah. to and how to communicate and that's well that's the big problem with mass media is that you don't know everybody's independent you make a big sweeping blanket statements yeah that people can just get behind and hide behind and then oh anybody else is attacking us for this or they're they're not agreeing with us they're not not seeing the other side because you can't have that intimate level of understanding of how to worm your way into somebody on a mass scale yeah exactly that's really yeah like when you see a statement on Twitter and you read the comments, because you always read the comments, and you've got all these always. people arg- arguing against them, and then it's like, well, actually, and it's like, well, 
yeah, but I wasn't talking about that or I wasn't talking to you. <laughs> like mm. I was talking to this guy who made this point and I'm just making this point. Like, yes, your point is also good. I, I, I don't. And then you just get dragged yeah, seven different heathen. directions into arguments that are completely unrelated to the original post, which was actually, I prefer oranges. What do you mean? Does that mean that bananas are terrible? What do you mean bananas are terrible? Apples are the best fruit. And then it's like, Dude, you like it? mushy fruit? You must be a mushy individual. What do you mean I'm a mushy individual? That's racist. What do you mean I'm a racist? <laughs> mushroomist. Speaking of mushroomist, should we do a podcast? Let's do a podcast. Don't know how I'm going to get that down into like a, <laughs> a bite-sized opening chunk, but we'll have a go. Hello, weebs, new and old, and welcome to Gateway to the Universe, the podcast that aims to guide an anime novice through the weird, wide, and wonderful world of Japanese animation. My name is Sam, a self-proclaimed anime expert, and with me as always is our co-host and novice, Will. How are you this week after that intellectually fired up discussion to start <laughs> off our anime podcast, Will? I'm good. I'm good. I'm fired up. I, I think, uh, yeah, this this podcast... This episode is gonna it's gonna be a good one because um well actually actually can I can I just be really honest and open? Um I want I want you to share. Be. I want to share. Um Okay. I was really, really tired yesterday and I had to sit down at about uh, ten o'clock last night and I was shattered. I've been out, you know, lovely day. No, nothing like it's not like mm-hmm. I'm running myself into the ground with work or anything, just exhausted. And yeah, I uh, I just finished watching the F1 qualifying, and then I was like, oh, now I need to watch anime, and I fell asleep <laughs> several times throughout this because <gasps> I, was, I was just exhausted, and I went back a few times, but then it was getting to the point where I was like, I just need to plow through, and my eyelids, end. my eyelids were closing, so there were bits of this that, uh, so I have questions, and there were bits of this okay. that, that that I <laughs> will need. Um, support with i'll need you to sort of i'll be your crutch actually will that that, that's not how it went (laughs) you are well that that was part of your dream (laughs) yeah there was no formula one cars driving around attacking the mushrooms i'm not sure where that came from (laughs) but okay so before we get into the actual crux of what this episode is about well welcome back to the podcast this is where we talk about anime sam gives us a new anime show we discuss it we pull it apart and um, then we we decide whether it gets into the anniverse. I come at it from the point of view of a novice. I have not watched much anime, although this is episode. Oh, I, I okay. I literally have no idea. Um, it's a while since I've said this. Is it episode eighty three? T- turning into a blur. Oh, you've nailed it. Oh yes, absolutely <laughs> on the head. Yes, yeah, I know. I we did we did eighty recently, so I was like, just add a couple on. Um, or three. Um, <laughs> yeah. So we watch anime. I'm a novice. I've watched 83 shows or films or series and yeah, that's basically and what Avatar. we do here. And Avatar. Yes. And <laughs> what else? Uh, Cabin in the Woods. <laughs> oh yes. The unreleased yeah. episode. Yeah. Um, Secrets. Very nice. Yeah. So Sam, we are watching uh, Sabikui Bisco. Yes. Which uh, translates exactly to uh, Rust Eater Bisco. Um, ah. And... That is something that comes up a lot in this show. It's a, I guess, an action adventure show where we meet our two main characters, uh, Bisco and Milo, and they live in this post-apocalyptic world where there's rust everywhere and there's mushrooms growing as well. And the mushrooms are causing the rust. And uh, 
the show yeah. kind of I actually it's really bizarre <laughs> is how I'm going to say it. It's a very yeah. strange show mm. and I I wouldn't be surprised that I'm going to say some things about this show and you're going to say no I'm pretty sure that was me having a very like <laughs> yeah. vivid dream because yeah. a lot of this feels like a bit of a fever dream. Mm. It's based off of a series of light novels that I believe are entering their final arc and it is brought to us by a studio. I don't know what studio that is. <laughs> oh, I thought that was Overworks, the name. Overworks, I th- a think. Studio. A studio. The a best one. one. <laughs> um, <laughs> a plus. Yeah, it's uh, very, studio. very sort of, it's not really psychedelic in the same way Madoka Magica is or anything like that, but it's, it's definitely got yeah. this, um, other level to it that's just a bit like, okay, you're throwing these in there. I think probably the fact that it's got magic mushrooms in, as a main part of the show has automatically that psychedelic element to it it's like ah, it's kind of like shrooms. seeped into the rest of the story and they are basically shrooms it's by studio oz which from what ah, i understand have done nothing else oh <laughs> weird very bizarre what, very what strange to, to come across like a yeah right so yeah light novel adaptation um very bizarre kind of psychedelic feel to it but also this more shonen-y mm. shouty action going on but there's also a bit of subtle politicking in the back that kind of starts to seep its way into the show um but yeah. i think we should just kind of peel the band-aid off and start talking about this properly and we'll get into it well by you telling us what is going on here that your sleep-addled mind can remember. Okay, so um, it starts off getting to know the world and the characters. So plot-wise, I don't really feel like a lot happens. We have Panda, Dr. Panda, uh, who Dr. Panda. is Milo. Um, yep. And he is going around helping people. He's a doctor. He's the he's sort of our main point of view character for the start of it. Actually, you know what? Screw that. We've got to address the timeline here. It, yeah. It seems, and and this is partly why it's going to be hard to sort of go episode by episode, or like even have any sort of coherence with what's actually happening. Because having only watched three episodes, mm-hmm. I'm not even sure if we've got conclusions to any of these mini arcs. So it's like, how I mm. don't necessarily know where things fit in. Um, but anyway, yeah, it jumps around a lot, doesn't it? It's it very, does. it's very kind of pulp fictiony you're going to get a lot of different snippets of scenes out of order all mixed up and then you've got to try and mash it yeah. together amongst the uncertainty and be like oh yeah i remember this part of the scene and that gives more context for this later but i feel did we have to do that <laughs> well well my my question is or my my point is with things like pulp fiction and snatch and lockstock and all of those sort of really well produced pieces where you do have these different stories all seemingly unrelated and all coming together in the end aren't they Mm -hmm. all linear just from different characters perspectives so so each character has theirs this seems to be two characters that were just deliberately chopping and moving around their stories so like Mm. even uh, we've got our other protagonist visco who we see him even in his story parts, he's jumping around, going backwards and forwards in time, rather than his story be linear 
uh, maybe yeah. at a different pace to, do you know what I mean? You can do different paces <laughs> where, where, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, where Milo has a diff, is, is starting his journey much further ahead, or you can have like, I don't, I don't know. It just seems, it just seems really weird to have, we'll, we'll, we'll focus on these two characters and we will just bounce in any direction we want. Um, yeah. And we'll give context to different actions that they're doing, but wouldn't it have just worked in a linear fashion? I think when you're telling this kind of story, you need to think to yourself, well, okay, what is being added to the story, added through breaking it up in this manner, other than to kind of keep your audience on the toes? I don't yeah. think... Like, there's elements of this that kind of work. Like, we get... A, like I think the furthest point back in the timeline obviously is when we see the apocalypse happen we see the big explosion mm, right at the beginning rust yeah. goes everywhere that's like the starting point i think after that it's bisco and jabby having a conversation about just before they reach the checkpoint mm. but that comes at a time after we've already met jabby in a different circumstance and he's injured and wounded and then we flash back to like oh look oh, they've yeah, got this yeah, bond yeah, yeah. that's why they're doing this and there are moments like that that work, but then there's other moments where it's like, and now we're just going to cut to this flying snail plane that's fired a missile at Bisco, and we don't yeah. know when this is happening or where, or who the pilot is, and then the pilot turns up later, but this is after the plane's crash, but then, yeah. and then there's another says, scene where he well, gives her the keys to the plane, and it's like... Yeah, she says, what? She, she says like, oh, that was my plane, like, are you going to replace it, or something like that, uh, something to do with she she lost her plane and we're like mm. and, and and obviously when i'm falling to sleep throughout this movie these episodes <laughs> i'm like when did she have a plane who is she what what plane what did i miss what a plane? big scene who are you Where, where's the where's the plane what happened what's going on here and then and then we see a plane later on and i'm like ah is that the plane she was is that her yep okay that's her she's got a snail plane of course she has and because of course yeah and also yeah okay so that's sorry i was going to jump into a completely other tangent there about the snail plane like about the animals <laughs> yeah the animals in general but um the other animals are animals <laughs> they're not planes <laughs> they're not I an amalgamation of of a pl- plane well there's the the my favorite line in the entire first three episodes is, oh no, the bastard has mobilized the hippos. <laughs> and then the hippos run out with massive no, turrets on no, their backs. N- no, they are just the hippos with turrets on their backs. The crab it's is just a, a crab. snail with a, with a plane on its back. <laughs> no, it's not. It's the face of a snail and a plane. <laughs> it yeah, just... there could be, it, it could be, they changed its shell and made it go burr in the air. <laughs> well yeah i mean it it reminds this is what um this is what dragon pilot should be um with the the dragon head on the front just a dragon head sticking its head out of the plane um yeah it's 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 weird i'm not sure whether it is necessary i like i agree with what you said there are some bits that do work but it does seem a bit it feels like they've written this show they've gone right let's let's produce it they produced it in linear and then they've gone right we'll chop it here we'll chop it here yeah and we'll here. just take this bit and throw that over yeah. there it's like they've just Splash jigsawed it, it in a random order to just throw us out and um mm. i don't like it 
really. It yeah. hurts my brain. It's a bit jarring, and it doesn't really resolve itself until the end of episode three. Mm. And I, from what I can remember, that's when the story becomes linear again, or right. somewhat linear. There's still a few. I think there's a few things. There's like a post-credit scene, which then they cut before and after in the next episode. But that's like the last instance of the timey wimey jumping. But okay, yeah, I think okay. this is definitely something to know going into the show is that and a lot of reviewers at the time as the first few episodes came out said oh episode one was yeah we like it we can follow it i like it feels very like we said snatch uh lockstock but by the time it hit episode three a lot more people in, in the forums and in official reviews were starting to think the same way we were and it became fatiguing and mm. i think especially in binge format to try and focus on all the different hang-ups where it's like, oh yeah, I remember this scene. Is this a new scene? Is this taking place after a scene I've already been? Yeah, oh no, you, it's the same scene. Yeah. And they're like kind of like adding to each column yeah. what you remember and what's new information. Yes. Like, I feel like I need a corkboard almost. Yeah. I think, yeah, there is that idea that you've got to track even as information is being added and it's, it's sort of a, a bit exhausting to think, right, what do I remember from this particular timeline what do i remember from this yeah you're right and trying Mm. to sort of keep track of everything um but anyway moving on from that the whole thing is based around um milo helping people and suppose Mm -hmm. supposedly bisco being a terrorist um yeah a mushroom terrorist a mushroom terrorist um sam yes he fires arrows <laughs> yeah, and then they they whatever they hit into sprout giant, humongous mushrooms that destroy and yep. level whole city blocks. Yep, okay, but he go, also uses them it. to bounce. Boy, <laughs> <laughs> just... oh yeah, yeah, like some weird Mar- self-inflicted Mario situation where he just bounces on all the mushrooms. <laughs> Um, oh my god but yeah we we hear about bisco and uh jabby they are what's known as mushroom keepers and they're branded as terrorists and they are people who uh spread mushrooms far and wide and in this world yeah that's first question it okay. there is there is no law explained at this point is there as to how this fucking no. works <laughs> okay good just checking just checking i didn't miss some Again. key bit of information in my unconscious state <laughs> That pump that pops up like the the law behind it pops up in episode three in a flashback scene that takes place before the ending of episode two or something because right. timeline jumping hooray yeah. <laughs> so yeah these two guys are mushroom keepers bow and arrow wielding seemingly super strong yeah badasses that travel around and wherever they go they leave mushrooms in their wake and in this world <laughs> there is an affliction called um, rust. Mm. and whenever there is rust there are also mushrooms so the people mm. of uh, the main city that we see at the start which is called imihara they think that it's the mushroom keepers who are spreading the rust around and being general bad guys and terrorists mm. and they're going to come and spread their mushrooms in town um and bisco and jabby are members of this order with their super strength and they are here to find a cure strangely enough for the rust why don't why doesn't everyone know this i feel like they have quite advanced technology 
Like they have TVs and news reports and stuff and mm. like serums and all sorts. Like it's quite cyberpunky the city, isn't it? The aesthetic to the world is quite Definitely. cyberpunky, which is uh, quite nice. We haven't seen much of that in the anime we've watched, so I like that. I like the world. I like the aesthetic. Um, but you think, you know, just tell them, tell them what you're doing. You know, put, lay down your arms. You don't need to be going around shooting things. Everyone wants to be cured. Or maybe not. Maybe that's the twist. Ooh. All right. Prediction of the week. Um, Here he goes. The mobster gangster government guys don't actually want oh, the governor to, Kurahara. Don't want people to be cured of the rust because, or find out the secrets about the rust because there's too much money to be made. It is capitalism uh, 101. <gasps> there In is the money to be made. They, they are going to simultaneously create the illness and cure the illness in order to make profit. It's the oh Chimera situation God. from Mission Impossible, Mission Impossible 2. Um, oh, they're going to s- spread the disease and then sell the cure. Yes. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. Interesting prediction. I won't say whether you're correct or not. Um, no, no, but no. Um, yeah. Let's so move on to some of our other characters. Um, we have Milo's sister, Pawu. Mm. What do we think of of her and her ridiculous name? Um, she's fine. Like she doesn't really do much, right? She's just kind of yeah. She's, she's supposed to be badass. She's supposed to be the leader of some sort of section of the military. Um, she's got some sort of yeah. They're the watch. They're basically like the police. Yeah, but she doesn't really spend a lot of time doing her job. I mean, I know she's ill, but like no one seems to question it. Like she just turns up randomly. Like you think she's ill, and then she's like, "Oh no, I'm going to go to work now." And they're like, "Hey, nice to get to turn Aren't up." Are you ill? <laughs> and then she's like, "Yes, I'm now going to go and drive my motorcycle up this building and then engage in mortal combat with this shouty red-headed boy." Yeah, who And she also seems to have super strength to a degree um i guess is it just one of those i mean is it just one of those situations where they emphasize how you know athletic they are that it's not supposed to be taken literally it's Too just seriously. Oh, these yeah these are just really good strong people that know how to fight um mm. I, I don't know until it's, this goes leaping across rooftops and firing arrows through planes and stuff yeah, but that could just be like the equipment. Maybe everyone in this world is strong because of shrooms. I don't know. Because of, um, <laughs> of the shrooms. It's all yeah. just a big hallucination. He thinks he's fired through a plane, but actually it's just like a crow or something carrying a snail. <laughs> oh. Dude, that, Jabby, that, man, did you see that? I totally blew up that plane. <laughs> yeah, dude. Here, eat more of the soup, dude. Slurp it down. <laughs> I mean, it wouldn't surprise me. It would make sense to that'd be that'd be a really cool sort of transition where it just it's just a bird, a crow, carrying a snail in its mouth. That would make more sense. Um, just wiped out the sky. Yeah. So, so we have our we have the sister. We have these guys who are on the gate, um, the wall. Yeah. Um, uh, Otter or Ota is the first the the young girl boy person mm-hmm. i can't remember With the camera young yeah, person. yeah and i don't remember what the big guy's name is no and they're sort of guarding 
access to the outside world. Hey, there's another wall. Protect stopping people from leaving it. <laughs> it's back. Yeah. Which they just jump over with a big, big mushroom and a giant crab. Yeah, but my question is, they've got to land on the other side. Yeah. Like, one of them's Strong. got super strength, but one of them's just a doctor. Crab legs? Yeah, but they're not on the crab at that point, are they? They're, aren't they just, like, floating through? I'm sure they're, like, just dropping all oh, on the, three. Oh, on the way back out. On the, on the, not on the, the way in. On the way back out. When they, when they, right at the end, when they get springed up, it cuts yeah. when they're sort of falling down behind the other side of the wall. And it's a big wall. Me and I died. That's it. It's game. Maybe over. they died. Maybe they died. Maybe that's, that's why it's only got Bisco in the name. <laughs> yeah. You can with land. me. We'll synthesize the ultimate medicine. Shit, he's dead. <laughs> Splat. Bisco's like, ah, shit. <laughs> oh, that was my one Edith shot. Um, I'd better go one, back and get my one. other guy. Um, yeah, so bouncing mushrooms. Um, what, where does it's a bit keep, hard to talk about this show. Where does he keep his arrows? Yeah, uh, I don't know. You don't really ever see a quiver, and he doesn't no. seem to ever run out. No. And he's got different types. He he's Hawkeye, basically. <laughs> he's got different yeah, types. Mushroom Hawkeye. Yeah. God. Because he, he's got a I feel like Hawkeye still arrow. loses this fight. Really? A, a what arrow? What? A, a knockout arrow. So, Oh, a knockout! Oh, yeah, the the poison knockout arrow that used on Pawu. Yes. Yeah. You know, I still think that Hawkeye loses this one because we see some obscene stuff that these <laughs> mushrooms can do. Also, he's not like super strong and like isn't. Also, he's just, not super just strong. And um, it's, it's just a regular man. I know. It depends how much prep the boxing time you have. glove arrow. Yeah, but that's the case for anything. If you give Batman enough prep time, he can kill literally anybody. Yeah, but that's a superpower. <laughs> Like <laughs> money, if you, if you, if you, if you yeah. supercomputer. All right, but if you give Mushroom Guy uh, ultimate, uh, like unlimited time to prep, he's not going to do anything different. So there is sort of like, it, it is sort of a situation. You know, Pesticide it, arrows. If you from Hawkeye, if, he's just like he's just weeding the place. What? <laughs> yeah, I mean, do pest mushrooms are a fungus? Do pesticides guess, work on fungi? I don't know. I guess it. There must be some pesticides that are designed to kill fungus, like, like anything. Like you can kill anything if you hit Pest- it hard enough. <laughs> just pounding. Is that going to be Hawkeye's approach? <laughs> and he's all this time to prepare, and he just goes and starts just punching the mushrooms. What eats I'll mushrooms? Hippies. No, I mean, what? <laughs> <laughs> what, are there any creatures that feed on fungus? We're getting way off topic I, here. Snails. The snails. Far off topic. Sna- Ooh, hippos, maybe. Uh, I'm going to ask <laughs> my good friend Google Sun uh, what <laughs> eats mushrooms. Is this going to like um, a joke answer? Slugs, pigs, bears, hey! boars, uh, deer, slugs, snails, <laughs> and a monkey. Ah, oh, that's why they use snails. Send a snail to d- to kill oh. a mushroom. You- <laughs> <laughs> Do you reckon this is like Australia, where it's like, oh no, we've got too many mushrooms. Yeah. What, what eat mushrooms? And they just introduce a predator, but then yeah. they got too big. So yeah. like, oh no, the iguanas have gotten too big. What do we do? All right. What eats iguanas? Uh, hippos. Get, p- p- stick some hip- guns on the hippos and they'll kill the iguanas. Oh no, the hippos are now running Taking wild. A- uh, They're now running uh, the government. Big 
<laughs> big slug puts it inside a plane oh no now they're sentient oh. <laughs> now he's wearing a suit oh, and he's you'd... running for office oh. <laughs> I'd vote for him I trust him Have you seen I, the can- the other I voted for Kodos <laughs> <laughs> It does just remind me of that Simpsons episode with um with the mongoose and isn't it Bart that introduces the bullfrog <laughs> and it just decimates it, the entire population. Yeah, and then they Fun introduce fact. the mongoose and then they introduce the bears or something. Or maybe they might get too. Yeah, no, no, just no, I'm, getting, I'm, getting, I'm getting those two episodes mixed up because then there's the snake episode where they have loads right. of sna- release loads of snakes, then have to release the mongooses, and then have to release like mm. jaguars or something. To hunt them down. <laughs> yeah, you know that bullfrog thing's a real thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got some Australian mates, and they frequently tell me about how bullfrogs essentially, or like just, I uh, know, sorry, toads. Yeah, it's a it's a type of toad, and how they see those things as less than like garbage, and they said <laughs> that there would be like maybe weekly or monthly toad hunts. Oh, and nice. They, they, horrific things that they would do to these poor animals. What are they I guess doing? not poor animals because they've they've decimated the ecosystem. Well, not individually. Uh, pointies. Like yeah, it's not individually, but it's, like, it's not that like they're consciously they going the... out to mob <laughs> to destroy animals. Australia. Yeah. <laughs> Australia's public enemy number one is this bloody toad. But yeah. apparently at nighttime they turn on the floodlights yeah. and there'd be hundreds of them. Just like yeah. out in the street or in the back gardens. And so people would literally like take golf clubs and like pointed sticks and just like start just whacking. It is whacking day. Just, like, it's whacking day in the Simpsons. Yeah. <laughs> like this, we've got to whack the snakes. Look, I've killed seven snakes. <laughs> Those are already dead. <laughs> uh, oh my God. Yeah. I, what my favorite bit of the, uh, and I can't remember the quote, but there's in the Australian episode, um, he, he, they come across the Australian guy in the shop with uh, Marge and she's like, he's like, what's this? And she's like, oh, that's a bullfrog. We have those in America. It's like, a bullfrog? What What a crazy name. How to call it a chaswonga or something like that. A chaswonga. Uh, it's, it's, it's I just like different. it. Uh, what's the one? Call that a knife? This <laughs> is a knife. That's a spoon. Ah, uh, I've so seen you've played, played knifey spoony before. before. Isn't that family guy? <laughs> No, it's definitely Simpsons because it's the crocodile and Dundee. Oh uh, no! In fam- in Family Guy, guy. they do a similar thing where he goes, he pulls out the knife. He goes, "That's not a knife." This because Peter's eating his dinner and he's got like a butter knife or something, and he goes, "That's not a knife. This is a knife." And he and Peter just goes, "This is also a knife." Ah, yeah. <laughs> I, I guess you. I guess you're right. <laughs> yeah, sorry about that. He <laughs> <laughs> just walks off. Yeah. <laughs> oh, bloody hell. Anyway, old Family Guy and Old Simpsons were the best. Anyway, Bisco. yes, Mushroom Boys and Visco. What do you think of Bisco and uh, Milo? Oh, he's he's there, like, very shouty, isn't he? He's a very shouty he's little boy. He's isn't he? Yeah. Yes, he is Bakugo. Um Just just disagrees with everyone all the time, shouting at them for no reason. <laughs> having having There is such a thing as having a reasonable conversation. Is he just wired? Is he just like hooked up? He's been around Mushroom so long, it's just in his veins and he's, he's just like... But- Constantly, mushrooms in his ears. <laughs> also, so I can't hear anybody. That's why he's shouting. In this world, there are also regular mushrooms that they are selling on the street to sort of ease the pain, yes. like as sort of 
which she's trying to synthesize into drugs and stuff. Yeah, and then uh, Bisco gives uh, Milo Milo uh, one of the he like a healing wand, which she turns into a medicine that kind of can help to slow down the rust. So yeah, is is this? I, I like really the kind of black market you, deal. You have you have different mushrooms. You have to collect the different mushrooms to do different jobs. Um, <laughs> oh, these are the special gold mushrooms, and with yeah. gold mushrooms, you can buy this particular item. But yes, you can't use any of those common mushrooms in in my shop. No. Um, no. Yeah. So yeah, I I think the one thing that I'd say with in Bisco's kind of favor is that we at least do get to see a few moments of actual genuine empathy from him where he stops shouting like <laughs> his conversation with Jabby in the desert. And then when yeah, he, but he still shouts at him okay. during that moment, doesn't he? Like, he tells him to shut up and yeah. stop being a little bitch. <laughs> I'm going to yeah. help you. I'm going to help you whether you like it or not. Okay. Maybe when Jabby's healed then, and he's like, he gets a bit teary and he wipes his eyes. Yeah, I will give you that. There are a few lines, but they are, there are not a few scenes. He's not, he's ne- there's ne- it's never prolonged. Yeah. There's a few moments of sh- less shoutiness, which I think is like the bare minimum. You can't expect someone to shout all the time, except in looking at you, Bakugo. Yeah, Bakugo's case. But <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, it, it, that's not the standard to be. Like, Bakugo should never be used <laughs> again to <laughs> as, the, as your benchmark. Yeah, as your benchmark. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I hate that trope in anime. It, like yeah. sh- the shouty character and it's like haha it's funny because he's shouting all the time i'm like no and, no and now i have it's a migraine <laughs> turn him off yeah um power him down the the whole rust situation let's talk about that okay so we've sort of skirted around it and we talked about the mushrooms now i've got a few questions when the mushrooms explode okay. we do see yes. fragments of rust sort of floating through the air there's very clearly what looks well i say very clearly it looks to me like there's rust exploding from the scene uh when these mm. huge mushrooms blow up in the city um because it's the same color and or the same... spores could it yeah. be spores could there just be like because we know that there is rust like in the city anyway we yeah. see in some of the yeah, first exactly, few shots exactly there's so, people trying to clean the so yeah. my question is is that why people think the mushrooms spread rust because, oh, but then, yeah, I, I'm not, I don't think I have enough information here to understand why they think they spread it, why it doesn't, and why no one knows that apart from, it's a bit like, it feels a bit almost Shaman Kingy, where, or like, um, mm. what's the guy, or what's the guy with the finger eating god that we watched recently? Oh, um, Jujutsu Kaisen. Jujutsu Kaisen, where like, if you know, you know, and there's this world going on under, the radar the everyone's getting world. on yeah, yeah everyone's getting on with their day-to-day life but if you know about this world you realize the real situation and that's what we're actually going to be following here and but but this mm. seems to be like not one or the other like everyone seems to know the situation they're willing to fight and get involved in this situation because they're like the terrorists are actively affecting their lives yeah, yeah. The, there's wanted posters up for people who yeah. are supposed terrorists and spreading the rust. And mm. uh, but that's not the reality, and not enough people on either side really seem to be acknowledging the reality. Um, yeah, uh, it's just a bit of a there's dynamic. One scene during uh, Power and Bisco's fight where he actually does explain to Power, he goes, "Look, I'm actually I'm trying to find this thing so that we can get rid mm. of the rust." 
and Paolo immediately just goes, "No, that you're lying," and then he <laughs> makes the like the reasonable point that uh, it's people like you who are getting in the way of us curing all the rust, and then he throws her through a building. <laughs> Yeah, but like, um, but like, why does? What do then, you mean? If if you've never told anyone this, like, it's not their fault that you're not you're keeping all these secrets. Nobody knows this shit. True, but it's also like on site, people are aggressive towards him. Like, as soon as the the point checkpoint guards see that it's Bisco, like they open fire, like immediately they go mm. straight for the kill. Mm. So. I'm guessing whenever a mushroom keeper passes through, they're either immediately reported or they are just treated with such disdain and superstition that they're just not, no one's willing to believe them. You get the few people here and there, like um, Milo and the dealer of the, from the food cart, they seem to be more accepting of mushrooms, but they're not going out of their way to <laughs> more, accepting more accepting of mushrooms. mushrooms. <laughs> Don't clip that. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's we really don't get enough information and Jabby's exposition whilst he's on his deathbed full of six bullets is basically, oh yeah, no, we're trying to find the rust eater so we can synthesize a cure for the rust and that's our mission and people are getting in the way. That's why I'm now dying. Please help me, Mr. Milo. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's tricky, I, right? Because lo- logic says, yeah, of course, if somebody explains their position to you, then you're going <laughs> to... Is this the case it's, it's what we were talking about at the start <laughs> no. of the episode. Right. Okay, see, it all comes back. It is relevant. Um, no, I disagree, though, because I just don't think he's tried to explain it. Like, he is literally going around the city, destroying it. People's homes, giant mushrooms, yeah. innocent people. He is causing acts of terrorism. He doesn't, like, does he have control over how big the shrooms are? Because, like, he's genuinely, some are bigger, some are smaller, and, like, some he uses to bounce. He seems to have sentient control over the mushrooms, yet he's choosing to do these giant ones that destroy buildings and homes. And when he could just do a couple of smaller ones that, like, uses stairs, maybe, or... But, like, Ooh, why hasn't he just written a letter? Like, write a letter, post it. Ris- this is the situation. Why, do, why doesn't Talk anyone know MP. this? Well, yeah. <laughs> why do- write to your congressman. I don't get how these... I mean, again, it's just because I don't have the information. Just because I don't know the information doesn't mean it's not got a good reason. But at the minute, I just don't understand why, why these are the only people that know it. Like, we've got a scientist here, a doctor. Yeah. A, a scientist, a doctor, mm. who is dealing with mushrooms on a daily basis... Surely he's got enough information working with mushrooms to know that they're not causing the rust. He's using them constantly. Well, he's on on point with it, right? He's like, I will use any ingredients necessary. And he that's why he's collecting the mushrooms. And that's why he's garnered the attention of yeah, but the he's collecting the mushrooms, the city. but not got the rust. Yeah. So, so it could be implied that he, you know, either has talk, like thought about that or he doesn't care for like if he gets the rust or not but also you know he's treating rust he's around rust all the time again there's not enough info on his position but he's Mm. almost immediately brought into the mushroom keeper way of thinking because he has a nice calm conversation with jabby (laughs) yeah but yeah i think in terms of what you're saying about like writing a letter and stuff i think it it can be implied that there's something shady going on yeah Yeah. by the man who's got a thousand pink head bunny rabbit 
guys and he's acting directly in opposition with the watch who are meant to be the police force who are meant to be stopping him but kurahawa is sending his own men to kind of mop up and try to and he's even Um, got like the pink-haired girls outside help to try and get rid of this problem before it gets to the city so you could read into that and i think that's going to develop as the series goes on yeah it's just but your your criticism is right in the first three episodes it is very much like well, why do it? doesn't anybody understand? Like, especially yeah. the, the more educated Milo. Yeah. And yeah, I, I just don't know whether... And, and again, it's also the acts of terrorism that he is doing because he seems to be going very gun-ho, sort of like, I don't give a shit about society. I've just got this one mission. And I get that character. Like, we've seen those characters before where it's like the greater good situation. Um, you know, I've got to do yeah. what I've got to do to get my job done. But he, d- he just seems a bit reckless with it because it, it, he seemed to just mm. blow, blow shit All up. All guns basically. blazing. Yeah. Like, I'm going to have to destroy your lab. Oh, okay. Wait, what? <laughs> like that whole Wait, scene. That was where- my hospital. <laughs> my, mine. Um, <laughs> there are some like well, good I did tell reactions. I to blow it up. Oh. Um, yeah. <laughs> and it is weird when they don't explain at the beginning of the show. You don't really get a sense. There's this big explosion and you think it's going to be this really grounded and serious thing. And then mushrooms just start sprouting out of every orifice. Um, and it's just, it's just, <laughs> it's just, he fires it at a building and then shrooms are there. And it's, it's just really yeah. bizarre. It's a really bizarre situation to be in and no one questions it. But, um, yeah. Speaking of bizarre, like that first scene after the explosion is a prostitute. Oh, right. Yeah. There's the whore ring. Yeah. It's just and like... she's talking about how she was wandering the desert and found the finger of a giant. Mm. And then, not to trust yeah. mushroom keepers, and then Milo is implied to be having sex with one of the workers, but he's just given her a shot. And then his reward for curing <laughs> all of the prostitutes is, you can pick any girl you like. Sorry, yep. my sister's waiting for me back home. <laughs> yeah. Milo, I am begging you to please read the room. <laughs> Whatever floats your boat, mate. Um, Off you go. And then, and then she proceeds to knock him unconscious and allow him to fall in her bosom. Fall. Yep. It's <laughs> yeah. Oh, Japan. Oh, Japan. Because sure. Why are you going to be like that, man? Yeah. Why are you um, do that? Yeah, the whole ring is an interesting way to go. I like seeing other elements of the world. I like seeing. Um, the, the sort you can't of answer that cyberpunk aesthetic right because yeah that is a, or a kind of a baked in part of any cyberpunk setting is the idea of fu- like post-futurism mm. sex and what that's going to look like when people are augmented or it's like a, in an apocalyptic scenario and the power grabs that people can gain from that it's yeah. nowhere near explored enough here but i like that the women there aren't treated as though they're disposable they're all quite well dressed they're all well spoken they're all just kind of just normal people and Mm. that's quite nice it's yeah it's nice that sex work is portrayed in such a positive light not just oh they're they're whores therefore they must be the worst of the worst to do everything to survive but they're just nice people it it is annoyingly used for exposition as well though like the the ditzy blonde is like (laughs) what do you mean you don't know let me explain everything um okay let me just tell you exactly how the uh <laughs> the entire world works yeah um and you'll listen because it's a hot anime girl <laughs> <laughs> i mean i did listen 
Um, I do remember that. <laughs> word for word. Um, what, so, where, where, I mean, where do we want to go from here? Have we got, have we got, have we got anything we want to cover before we move on? I mean, there's a big thing that we haven't discussed yet. The big thing. OP. And ED. And ED. Let's jump into those two. And before we move into our questions, um, our OD. OD? OD. I mean, if you're taking on mushrooms. On mushrooms. (laughs) The lowest of hanging fruits. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. (laughs) And I'll go for it every goddamn time. Yeah, what did you think of uh, (laughs) of the OP? The OP was pretty sick i I really enjoy the op um yeah i think that it starts off i don't know what what it is it starts off like and this is going to sound so weird if you're not on the same wavelength but the 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 first few notes remind me of power rangers like it's got this sort of (laughs) like super And then, and then it, um, feels very shonen-y, um, with this sort of shouty rock and roll punk sort of vibe. And then the psychedelic visuals of the fish and the sort of, um, the giant flying whales, which we brought in to eat the hippos because they're out of control. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, which we don't see. It's like, um, season three of Attack on Titan when they've got these giant floaty whales. <laughs> or is it season four? And I think there's a few whales involved in various OPs of it's a couple, of, <laughs> which we still haven't seen. No whales. <laughs> there are, Where are they? There Show are me them. Still the... no whales, and still no animals in general like that have anything to do with this <laughs> show. But we okay. have big monkey. <laughs> yes, we have one monkey, and I guess the cart titan is animalistic in its movements. Um, anyway. Um, and then there's mushrooms everywhere. There's quite a cartoony, uh, comic book style to the animation, which is cool. Yeah. Simplistic. They've Reminds mixed me up the of, animation a bit. Yeah. I like it. it. It reminded me a bit of, um, Idaton deities, sort of that sort yeah, of style. Good that cool. color palette. Um, yeah. Mm. Really enjoyed it. Thought it was cool. Like the, like the music, like the bop. I thought the animation, they, they kept it creative. It wasn't sort of snapshot of characters as much. It was, very sort of storytelling. Yeah, it was like a full full story of mm. these two characters traveling and like some adventure that they could have got mixed up in, which was quite nice. Um Did you enjoy yeah, it? Yeah, I, I really like ah, I like ah. the song. I really okay. do. But I don't think that it always syncs up with the visuals in the you best. You really way. like a good sync up, don't you? You like it when I the, really the, the I really do when they're just the- they're, when they're in harmony with each other, like you tell me, like again, I like I just got goosebumps thinking about it. But thinking back to um, uh, Jujitsu, God of High School. All oh, right, and it's like uh, I'll be your whatever it is. I'll be your contradiction, <laughs> and just and he says yeah. it, and then it's just people beating each other up. Like I think here once in, in the Yashiki as well as another good in. one that I remember was really oh, sort of insane. Yeah, tell me my hero. Where- <laughs> Going. <laughs> oh damn but yeah like i think that once the chorus hits in then and like bisco's like starts running i think then the op hits its stride but it takes a bit to get there because it's quite low down and we get a few establishing shots of of different vistas from the show as you'll come to see them but mm. Yeah, it's not until the actual action sequence kicks off that I'm like, oh yeah, actually, this is really good. And I like how it ends with uh, 
<laughs> them just getting blown through the water spout into the air and they're like floating down on a mushroom. Like, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. That's cute. Yeah. No, yeah. I, I I thought it was oh. good. What you gonna What you gonna give it? Uh, I'm gonna give it a clam sandwich out of ten. A clam sandwich. Yes, that's what Milo orders from the uh, the man who gives him mushrooms. Uh, okay. Okay. Cool. Um, <laughs> like because it doesn't sound very appealing, but you know. He's ordered them before, so he probably likes them. And actually, now that I'm about halfway through it, maybe I do like seafood. Maybe I do like clams. That's such, that's, that's such weak sauce, man. <laughs> <laughs> Bring it back. Um, that, that's, it's back, that, baby. Yeah. Um, okay, I'm, go- I'm going to... I'm going to give it a crab springing off a mushroom uh, out of 10, because... Ooh. I think it's it's fun, it's exciting, it's a bit weird, <laughs> a bit weird. It's a bit out a bit out there, <laughs> and at the end of the day, you're gonna the, the crab's gonna cra- crab's delicious. So everyone's everyone's oh. got a got a piece of that crab leg when it hits the floor and splits into a thousand pieces and inevitably shatters. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Do what about nature keep evolving into crabs? Say that again. Do you know that things in nature keep evolving into crabs? Like there's loads of That's... sea life that over millions of years keep evolving into crustaceans. <laughs> and nobody knows why. I've not heard this. I need to know more about this. I need I... Okay. Right. Let me just let me just That's jot... your homework. Let, let me just jot that down. Things evolving into crabs. Okay, brilliant. Help. Help. No one can stop them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the slow process of evolution over hundreds of thousands of Crabification. Of Everything's just evolving into crabs. It's like, that is peak performance. That is peak I just evolution. like how the subtitle is just like, and no one knows why. <laughs> yeah. like, what secrets do you hold, Mr. Crab? It's like um it's like one of those maths games where it's like, add a number, take away a number, do anything to this number. Oh fuck! It's a crab again. <laughs> God damn it! You just keep mixing. My loads mouth of different keeps things. turning into crabs. Yes, yes, bit of that, bit of that, bit of that. Yes, we've got something great. We've got ah, it's brand new. Fuck! It's crusty crab. <laughs> it's the crab again. <laughs> yeah. So, what is it about crabs that make them peak performance? Like, I, I'm, all I can do is go sideways and snap my claws. I'm not sure why this is peak, but it is. <laughs> but it, but it is. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I am what peak performance looks like. Mm. Um, what did you think of the ED? Um, so I must admit, I was very sleepy during the EDs. Um, they, from what I remember, it was a bit of a lullaby. It's a bit, it's a bit slower. It, has it got sort of Spanish connotations or like, I feel like it was quite, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's got a bit of a kind of a almost, it's acoustic, a little bit of that acoustic guitars and yeah. like some kind of jazzy trumpets in the background yeah it feels kind of like it could be playing in a, a spanish uh square or, at night time yeah people yeah. Like, oh. yeah 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 <laughs> it's like, well, got that so... kind of vibe to it uh, oh, that's the sound of yes. my, my dress yes. being foffard in the how, how is that spelled is that f wo f w o p a r r i don't i i i couldn't even begin I think there's a Q in there somewhere, maybe. Ah, nice. Yes. Yes. 
it, yeah, it, I think it's quite nice as an ED. Like it's it's the two voice actors from the Japanese um, voice cast for Bisco and Milo, and they do a pretty reasonable job. You can mm. definitely tell when Bisco is singing because he is <laughs> gravelly. Um, cool, but yeah, it's just a, it's just a what bit is, boring. The visuals remind me of those. Um... Those artworks you used to get at the at, at like the range and stuff, and um, like your pound stores where you scratch off the black, and you've got you reveal the color. Oh, and there's like a rainbow underneath. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I thought it was. Um, I thought I thought the visuals were alright, like sandar almost. Um, yeah, yeah, kind of like spores or or, or mm. I know sparkly, rusty bits, and it kind of just shows off the the main cast. Yeah, like it's fine, but it's yeah. just a credits crawl. It is, it, it is. Yeah. Um, I'm going to give it a, 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 I'll tell you what I'm going to give it. I'm going to give it a brothel exposition out of 10. So it's, Ooh. we like to see it because of the world. It's, it's quite nicely done. It's good that it's there, but then at the end of the day, it is just exposition. Um, so, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Uh, I will give it a, snail plane getting pierced by an arrow out of 10 because you're like oh pretty cool but the longer you think about it the more you're like it's a snail plane being pierced by an arrow (laughs) that doesn't make any sense i don't have any context for this (laughs) and you never shall (laughs) yeah um okay cool i also like that they the the, in in, um uh, last week's episode with my hero um uh, all mm. might just destroys and kills the pilots. Whereas here, you see the people jump out. <laughs> you see the two little, people, see the ah! little parachute, <laughs> and then the plane explodes. All might said, "Fuck those pilots." Yeah. Um, so snail cool. planes and everything aside, yeah. Uh-huh. Have you got any odds and ends before we ask the three big questions? Not particularly. I think animation wise it, it mm. does a pretty decent job. It it it's moving a fair bit. I wouldn't say there's anything particularly standout aside from some really choice shots like with the plane getting pierced and there's that spurting of blood and stuff, or the fight between Bisco and Pawu, but there's nothing that really like pops or really like grabs your attention, I wouldn't say. Apart um, from the opening scene. Soundtrack's pretty good. Apart from the opening scene, apart from the OP, but they, that's almost like an entirely different. No, I mean like uh, artistic the direction. opening scene. Oh, with the big explosion, yeah. Because I was, I like that. I yeah, that was, cool. like, that was pretty cool. Yeah, destroy everything, uh, and then it's got like the weight. There's just the buildings all sort of lingering there, and then I guess I don't even know why this didn't cross my head, cross my mind. Then they cut to. So is that is this city on the outskirts of that explosion? Like the, all the so, destruction is be, the other side of the wall, and then this is outside of that, or is this rebuilt in the wake of that? It's, it's kind of um, it's outside. It's on the edges because mm. the city we see get destroyed is uh, so we see Mount Fuji first, and then the implication that it is that it's Tokyo. Yes, Tokyo explodes, and then what? What they do is they go to different prefectures uh, in Japan, and the border control is border control set up by each prefecture. And right. the f- town that they go to is in one particular prefecture of Japan. Good to know. This is why we have a Japan mm. expert on the podcast. Um, cool. All right, shall we move Super. on? The only an- thing I was going to say about the animation is 
there's a lot of zoom in to people's eyes that I don't like. It's just like, let's just, just stare intently into these characters' eyes while they talk seriously. And I'm like, okay, it's like a meme. It's like just zoom, zoom, zoom. Um, zoom. Closer, closer. Intense eye shots. Yeah. Yeah. Um, right. Let's move into the questions. All right. It is our big three questions. The three questions that we put every show through in order to put them through their paces and see if we could show this to an absolute novice and get them hooked onto either this show or onto anime in general. We have our three categories. We've got uh, our concept and execution, whether we think that it is a good idea and whether they execute it with bombast and flair in stylish manner. We've got turnoffs, anything that might sh- uh, shy a new viewer away from the anime experience or uh, might make them feel uncomfortable, especially if they don't know the genre very well. And we have compelability, whether we want to watch more of this show. So I open the floor to you, Will, with concept and execution. What did you think? Um, it's weird, isn't it? It's a post-apocalyptic, oh, yeah. mushroom-sprouting, drug-induced, uh, terrorist-fueled protagonist uh shonen i guess um there's lots of different elements that make little to no sense the order is out of sync so that you have to think really hard about when stuff is happening and i genuinely think the animation and the character designs are pretty cool i like the the style of the world i like the aesthetic um the way the way the world's interacts with each other like the 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 stuff we talked about with motivation Mm -hmm. and like not really understanding who's involved and what people's perspectives are or why they think a certain way is a bit jarring but i don't know it's intriguing it's an intriguing world the post-apocalyptic stuff is all very done but this whole element of the mushrooms seems to be becoming more of a core well from the beginning it's a core element of the show isn't it so I guess yeah. if that can withhold the pressures, the, the the challenges of time and like it not just being there as, hey, look, this is a quirky little thing of this world, then mm. I guess it's a good concept. Um, whether it's being executed. It's definitely unique. Yeah. But, do, do, <laughs> you know, like if it just if it just falls to the wayside where like this is just, hey, we can fire mushrooms and then it's got no lasting impact as to the overarching yeah. plot. I think it needs to be the crux of it. Otherwise, it's just... There was this... I don't know. But it feels it's like it is. Gimmick, if it, if, if, it? Yeah, it's just a gimmick. Yeah, it feels like it is. Like, I don't want to, like, play it down. It, it's very ingrained in everything that happens at the minute. The, the doctor's trying to cure it. Um, the mm. terrorist, terrorists trying to find a cure as well. Like, it's, it, it's affecting quite a wide range of people in the show. And so, yeah, it is very yeah. well put together i think so i think yeah i would say that this has a good concept a unique concept that is executed uh, in a very bizarre manner yeah i'm not yeah, sure i think I'm that's sure. the hang-up for me i i agree with you fully on the the concept side of things it is very unique it's interesting to see this world in particular it's not just apocalypse and people have guns and stuff just introducing weird animals and mushrooms into the setting already make it feel 
more vibrant and more interesting to learn more about. It is just the fact that we're learning about it in snippets that are bouncing around pretty randomly. Mm. And I think, and especially when I was watching this through week to week, it I kind of was very grateful for almost there was like the last time on Sabikui Bisco bit that played before the episode. And I was like, ah, good, excellent. I can now kind of see what happened and kind of remember some of these important scenes. And on the rewatch this time, by binging it, it was a bit easier to kind of keep together, but also in the form of binging it, it was pretty exhausting to get through because, I, again, like I said earlier, you know, I was having to pin everything up in my brain and be like, okay, this happens here and there and okay. Yeah. So I think that's kind of bleeds into the second question, which is turnoffs. And I think that style of storytelling isn't for everybody mm. and could be a bit confusing. I know we've talked before in Slice of Life about The Witcher season one and how that jumps about the timeline quite a lot yeah. as well. And how when it's not airtight and you have very clear indicators for when things are happening. Like if we think Pulp Fiction, even the characters' costumes change between time zones and injuries between scenes change and that gives you a very clear marker for where these characters are in their own little story. Whereas mm. here, because it's an anime, of course, everyone is designed in the same manner and it's the locations that they're in that are changing. And I think that can be a bit trickier to convey in a, I don't know, an accurate storytelling manner. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. And it's, I think it's just whether you can cope with that or not. Um, mm. I think... I don't, I don't know what, what you need to sort of buy into really to, I'm not sure whether I buy into the world as it is with all the sort of wackiness that is the mushroom sprouting stuff. Um, mm. but regardless, you need, you need to be going to this and sort of, I don't know. I don't, do you sort of just trust in the show that it's going to come together a little bit? Is that you go, go along with the ride? Yeah. You, you, you see things, try and put them to the back of your mind, try and pin them up if you can. Maybe we're thinking about it too logically. Mm -hmm. Like we need to track yeah. this. Like if you just sort of yeah. go into it and think, right, this is going to happen. It's going to be a bit bouncy. Oh, that's a cool scene. Oh, I remember when they did that. Oh, right. Okay. And then mm. just assume and trust that the show will tie everything together and bring it together into a cohesive yeah, narrative. Go with the flow a bit more. Yeah. Maybe, maybe that's sort of I think the by angle. the time you do get to the end of episode three, like, you can think back on those three episodes and be like, oh, actually, no, I can see the path that they both took and where they now intersect and now yeah. the story car carrying on. And I f credit to the show for being able to do that. I was a bit them... unsure. I was a, was a bit unsure about where the crab, where, how, what the timeline is. I'm still unsure. And this is because I was drifting in <laughs> and out of sleep. They, when he goes to, uh, mm, when he's camping out under the crab. Yep, that's before he's even approached the city. So he camps out with the crab. Mm -hmm. The ship attacks them. Yep. And then they head for the border control gate in disguise. Yes. Then after they go to the border control gate, he goes into the city. He looks for the doctor. After that, he goes and he fights Pawu. And then he reconvenes with Milo. And then they escape the city. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So 
When I does think. he? How does he get through the border control in the first place? So he messes up. He gets found out as being yeah Bisco. And the hippos chase, and him. then he runs. He summons the crab, and then he uses. The I summon to you, crab. I summon Akutagawa in attack mode, yeah. <laughs> and then. So, and then he bounces off. And then Jabby's there as well, because yeah. Jabby was hiding in the car. Yeah. And they bounce into the prefecture. Oh, maybe that's what I'm thinking of. So do they they don't bounce out with Milo. They they do bounce out with Milo at the very oh. end as well. Oh right, okay. But Why do they bounce time. out? Because they're trying to escape. And who's, they're like running down this guard. There's guards the the watcher behind them and in front of them now. Oh yes, yeah. The yep, elite yep, yep. soldiers from yep. Yep. Kuragawa gone. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Yeah. So lo- lots of bouncing over big nice. walls. Um, yeah. Awesome. Um, so, does it do enough? Sort that right out. <laughs> does it do enough? Um, I think maybe yes. I especially like the after credits scene in episode three, which goes on for about two minutes and basically goes, oh, look, we found this beautiful mountain temple. And then it turns into a giant crab. Everything's turning into crabs. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely, absolutely saw that scene and remember it very well and didn't turn off before. The, very vividly. The, the scene. <laughs> didn't, like, finally, bedtime. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so, ah, oh, mate, I don't know. I don't know if it does enough. Um, yeah. Look, it's... I think... Do I want to keep watching? I kind of do. It's difficult to say because I was half asleep. Um, Mm. it would be do? interesting if you went back and rewatched the uh the last episode if you would still think the same thing mm. or whether your sleep delirium mm. has made you smile upon it more favorably <laughs> maybe yeah um yeah i'm not sure i'm not sure whether this is a a newbie friendly show or whether it is just like I think oh, it's I, hard, isn't it? I I think it's going in the universe. Uh... <laughs> this is one of those situations where it's like when you flip a coin. If you if you're ever indecisive or you you're stuck between two decisions, flip a coin. Flip a coin, and whatever you think will tell you, you how want you it really to be. Feel. Yeah, how you really feel. That's um, a coin. Do I have one? <laughs> oh god are we doing um, Ale- asking alexa to flip a coin again <laughs> no uh, i i'm going to agree with you because i did quite like the show i liked these characters and i liked the world enough to keep exploring so i think yes it, it, it can draw you in and that interesting style of storytelling yeah could be the perfect kind of it ticks on. a lot of boxes so, when, yes. it, when, when it comes to like animation, character design, uh, storytelling, unique world building. Cyberpunk's always a big tick because we don't see enough. Well, yes, definitely. I'd say we don't see enough of it. We haven't seen enough of it in the universe. Um, so yeah. Um, okay. Let's put it in. Uh, and again, Huzzah. when a show doesn't get in, it doesn't mean it's not a good show. It just means. Um, yeah, it's bad. It just means that to show a noob, a novice, to try and get them hooked on anime is, is probably not the way to go. Um, this is on the borderline because of it's just outlandish and wackiness, really. Um, but it's going in. Well done to Sabig- 
Sabekui. Sabekui. Sabiscuit. Sabekui. Sabiscuit Biscoff. Sabiscuit Biscoff. For getting into the anniverse, you uh, you did enough. Um, and we are going to we're going to move on now. We're going to move into slice of life. If you guys aren't sticking around because you've had enough and you just wanted to hear whether it got into the universe, then that's fine. We're going to talk about things we've done this week outside of uh, the mushroom world. And um, thank mushroom you all. World. <laughs> um, I'm sure they talk about mushrooms in the secret love tunnel. I can't remember why. Secret love to secret mushrooms, <laughs> secret mushrooms. Um, maybe it's just the fact that they are most likely on mushrooms at the time of singing those songs because they are very. Hippie-ish. Would not put that past them. No, super. Um, well, well done, Sabakui Bisco, and well done for getting in the universe. Go, go check it out, guys. It's on Crunchyroll and Funimation. Um, yeah, right. Uh, Thank you all for listening. We will see you next week in the anniverse. If you're not sticking around, hit us up on Instagram, Twitter, blah, 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 yada, yada, yada. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, thank you all for listening and bye. Alrighty, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Slice of Life, a segment of the show where we catch up with each other and come chat about what we've been up to this past week. Um, I think I'm going to have quite a short one this week. Bro. Me too. Um, have you done anything exciting? No, not really. Um, personally, I'm trying to uh, get back into trying to trying to get back into fitness. So I've been in the gym a bit oh. and been for a few runs and just trying to sort of get that uh, healthy living lifestyle back on track. So I've been, you know, getting early nights, um, listening to mm. books and podcasts while on runs, getting into the gym, sort of. Putting on, and, and the thing is, like, I like to watch or listen to something while I'm in the gym. And, yeah. But you also don't want anything that you have to really concentrate on because you're not really watching. You're sort of working out. So, um, yeah, you just need background noise, right? Yeah. So it's just been like friends and Big Bang Theory and just, just junk comedy that I could just have on and don't really need to <laughs> just pay much junk. attention to. Um, yeah, pretty much. Uh, what have I been watching on YouTube? Um, nothing much obviously i've been watching f1 watching a lot of football recently we've got the playoffs so i've been watching football in the evenings which is really good it's um, the big game yeah it is the big game i mean yeah it's uh it's all exciting in the world of sports let's just say that and oh uh Fantastic. Did, I, did i say that I, I went to the driving range last week so I've, I've, it's been ages since i've been playing golf so i was like right i'm gonna go and that was fun it was good to get out of there. Um, yeah, I've been watching a few YouTube uh, YouTube golfers who have been like doing some interesting stuff, but nothing. Oh, you know what I do want to get into? I really want to... What do you want to get into? Okay, so here's here's a topic that we can talk about. Um, I want to read the Percy Jackson books because I never read them growing up. and I also want to read those. I found them uh, quite cheap online as well and I'm tempted to buy them all. Because mm, I'm assuming you've seen the same thing as me. Is this the Netflix series that's it's coming out? Disney, Netflix, isn't it? Or? It's Disney Plus, I think. Yeah, it could be. Basically, they're doing like a big budget retelling of like the whole saga. It might be Netflix. I thought I've got in my head it's Disney for some reason, but um, yeah, yeah. So they've got the 
author on board this time. So he's going to, he's, uh, I think uh, he's produ- helping produce or write. I think he's writing the first episode um, or helping okay. write, write the first episode because he was really disappointed with the movies. Um, he's yeah. come out very outspoken about being very disappointed with how they cast it and how they told the stories and they want it to, he wants it to be true to the books and everything. So, yeah. yeah. See, and I didn't the, mind the, the movies too much, but I hadn't read but the we books. we haven't read so the books. Yeah, me, exactly, they were just, yeah. It was yeah. just like a just a oh cool little fantasy thing yeah. with Greek things in it. Yeah. But um they apparently like I I just watched a YouTube basically pull the movies apart a bit and it was sort of like they weren't true to the books, the characters weren't the same, and they made mm. a mockery of the mythology, which is such a big part of the book. Uh the books. Yeah. So I'd really like to read the books. Apart have you seen who they've cast as the main kid? No, I haven't. It's the kid um well have you seen um ryan reynolds new film uh on netflix oh uh is it the adam project yes yes it's the kid from the adam project that's cast as the main kid in percy jackson and he's sort Uh, of like walker scobell is his name there you go and he's um i think what fans were pleased about was that he was an appropriate age he's like 12 and they want to follow him through because the books are from 12 to 16 the kid is and oh. apparently that plays quite a big role in the story like his age and stuff Actually, I don't, I don't, like links into yeah it. i don't know whether there's a prophecy or something um that might have age related to it i don't know uh like i say i haven't read the books but i think yeah age is quite a big factor and the fact that they've got this kid to play it is good and he's a good little actor you know hmm. i watched the adam project Thought the movie was a fun, fun ride. I didn't like the relationship between Adam and himself. I didn't like the kid. I didn't like the role of the kid. The actor was good. Yeah. But I, I didn't like the character. Okay. But hey, that's that. Yeah. Um, I've heard pretty what, good things about the Adam project. Yeah. So, mm. yeah. It's just Ryan Reynolds being Ryan yeah. Reynolds. Um, and then the kid trying to be young Ryan Reynolds, but he's exactly the same as old Ryan Reynolds and he makes old people jokes and like, it's not oh. the same. He makes like Ryan Reynolds jokes in adult, and it's just not, like, that's not how a 10 year old speaks. Doesn't quite mesh. No. Um, yeah. anyway, what about you? What have you been up to? Uh, more seasonal anime. Uh, Kaguya Summer Love is War season three just had the most wonderful episode. Yeah. It was like, uh, it was a rap episode <laughs> and it was all about the the blonde student council leader. Apparently he's so bad at rapping that he knocked somebody out with how terrible he was. <laughs> and so he's trying to learn to to do it. And the whole episode, the whole first half of the episode is him learning to rap. They don't even do the OP. And it's wow. like, it ends in this like maybe three to four minute sequence of him rapping with Chica and then Kaguya comes in, and then the <laughs> blonde-haired uh, servant joins in as well. Mm. And it's just wonderful. And then the ED is just... You know how the Chica dance comes in? Yeah. Like, out of nowhere. Yeah. For the first season. They do it again, but not wow. with Chica. This time, it's just this super elaborate rap battle between yeah, yeah, yeah. Shiragane and Chica on the okay. stage. And it's a totally different anime style. There's, they've clearly given it to somebody else to do, and it's just... It's a bop. I want to go um, back and watch Kaguya-sama because it feels like it's got some It's good, great man. Stuff. Yeah. Right. Honestly, it's just funny. Yeah. And like it even the worst episodes so many subtitles. still have so much good stuff. <laughs> There's so many subtitles, so much reading because that that was the one where 
They had loads of signs and little jokes and hidden bits around the screen that you yeah. have to track. And I'm like, oh, it's a lot of reading. I don't watch shows to read. I didn't come here to it's read. It's all right. My other friend watches it and just doesn't read the other bits. They only <laughs> focus on the main subtitles and they seem to enjoy it. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Um, cool. I'll, I'll have to give it a go. The, yeah. um, the, yeah, the chica dance. The, that, yeah. Chica, yeah. Okay. Chica, a chica, chica. Da, 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 don't, don't do the so voice. Good. I won't. I, well, I just did, so I, I'm sorry for breaking your ears. Um, I've also been watching Spike's Family, which I've mentioned before, but again, there's consistently is very wholesome and very funny. We just had an entire episode that basically parodies one of my favourite films, mm. uh, Lupin the Third, Castle of Cagliostro. Mm. And it's just, again, fantastically well done. Some of the best animation that is out on TV at the moment. Pwah. High praise there from Sam of the Anniverse. Yes. And speaking of things that are very largely animated and very well animated, I went to go and watch Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Yes, you did. Yeah. Which I, I did. Yeah, I haven't seen yet. And how does it stack up in the in the Marvel verse? I really appreciated it as being something that's really different than your kind of normal Marvel fair there's obviously it's sam raimi who's known is it is it overkill with animation i'm worried i'm gonna go in and it's just gonna be this like sort of tangible cgi CGI mesh of crazy it's not that bad there's like the sequence where there's a sequence that you see in the trailer where they're falling through various multiverses and that looks really really good Mm. but that's only a small bit but the the effects for like Wanda using her magic look great, mm. and it's not just like you're, they're not fighting just a bunch of big CGI monsters. It's like to say anything else is kind of spoilery. Okay, yeah, 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 and yeah, yeah. that's fine. But it, like it looks very good, and even though there's a lot of CG being used, it all feels appropriate. Okay. Um, but yeah, I like that it feels like a like one of those kids horror films but also kind of pushes a little bit further into like actual horror at points. And a lot of people didn't like that because it didn't feel like a Marvel film. Right. But I like that they took that risk a bit more. Yeah. And there are some wild cameos, bro. Ah, okay. 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 Mm. Uh, I'll have to go see it. I'm excited. When's it it on Disney plus, put it on Disney plus and I'll watch it right now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and then cinema died. <laughs> oh, honestly, it like I'm surprised TV is still a thing. Like, who is still watching TV? I can't remember the last I've thing. I've not watched live TV in even the if entire it, time I've been in. Japan. Even if it shows that you watch on live TV with catch up and everything, and recording, and you know ITV players and BBC. Hubs or whatever, whatever. ITV hubs and BBC players. I got it the wrong way around. Um, like, <laughs> who, who is still going? Oh, shit, seven o'clock. Need to turn got on the TV. Stick on down. Doctor Who. Yeah. Just, I don't know. I yeah. feel like if especially you've got a- with Netflix now pushing so far into reality TV. Yeah. Whereas, like beforehand, you'd watch a lot of these kind of game shows or whatever. Yeah. As they were happening. But now it's like, well, like even so, like just like one of the big big things I think in the UK is Anton De- Deck's Saturday Night Takeaway. Take even so, you can still watch that on ITV Hub on demand, on demand, like whenever you mm. want. I think the only, 
I could see it, sort of see it from a family perspective, like, right, oh, this is on at this time. Let's all get together and sit down and watch it. And, mm. you know, we'll have the adverts and then that's when we'll get a cup of tea or whatever. But like, again, you can sit down yeah, and do that. Yeah, we used to do that for like X Factor and stuff. Yeah, yeah. But, but you can still do that because most people have that on catch up. I don't know. I'm not like opposed to TV. I'm just surprised that it's still really like hanging on, hanging on. Like, yeah, like it must be struggling. It, it must be struggling with everything that's streamable now. Like even in the mornings with the news and everything, like people turn the TV on to watch the news. Mm. You can just put on Sky News, I guess. And, but like, I don't know. I think it's the demographics as well. I think we're at a point where we use streaming a lot more because we're more conditioned to instant content. Yeah. But I was, but I I was. I was having a conversation yesterday with um, my partner's parents, my in-laws, and they are uh, in their 60s and 70s. And they were saying, like, they don't watch much TV now. They, they'll watch everything on demand or on Netflix or whatever, So, and mm. or on Sky. And admittedly, they are fairly technologically savvy, and they've sort of kept up with things mm. quite a lot. So I understand what you're saying, but I still don't think, you know, if – if you, even if you get like 20% of that market and then all of us and our generations and, and the up and comers mm. with the YouTubes and the, uh, the, ne- the, with the YouTubes and the TikToks <laughs> and, and the TikToks and the, the golly, the, 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 I don't know. Uh, yeah, no, I, it's weird, but old people, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and on that note and on that note we're going to leave that there um, thank you all for listening we'll see you thank next you week for a brand new show or I don't know what we'll watch next week maybe we'll do a review episode maybe we'll I do another this movie time. who knows for f- what who knows could be anything I actually know this week what we're going to watch oh, brilliant okay cool right we're um, no spoilers we'll see you guys next week in the anniversary thanks for listening Thank you.